and welcome to Far-Fetched Stories by R.E.M. Verberg. Today's story is called A Michael. It's a very creepy story that I wrote after the first sentence had haunted me for over two months. The reader for this story is Diana Moore. If you want to find more stories to listen to or download for free, you can visit remverberg.com. Enjoy, thank you for listening, and have a great day. Michael. We left Michael's body behind, but as it turned out, we did not leave his soul. There were four of us in the car. Antelope Joe, whose flighty eyes spooked me every time they met mine in the rearview mirror. Isop, who merely seemed annoyed with it all, strong fingers syncopating on the steering wheel. In between red lights, she smoked, and whenever we had to stop, she rolled the window down and tossed the butts onto the street. Next to me on the back seat was my baby sister, Audrina. What Michael's death had done to her, I could not yet tell. And the fourth one was me, Michael's girlfriend. I was the one who had texted him to come meet me at the old junkyard. My name is Clover, but he had me in his phone as Clo. I imagined the word lighting up his screen, on the dark porch where we spent many nights sitting with our legs dangling from the deck, drinking moonshine. The woods started directly behind his house, and I'd always been scared that something, someone would grab my leg in total darkness, but Michael loved it there. It started at the third intersection. We had almost crossed town, music blaring, passing by the Red Wing Diner on Locust and Fifth, when something shoved into the car from the right. Audrina, who sat on that side, let out a surprised yelp and leaped into me. I smelled the lavender on her hair and fleetingly thought what a bad idea it had been to bring her. But when I had left, nobody else had been home. What was that? Joe said. Isop sucked on her cigarette and put her foot on the gas. Wind. I tried to read her face, the bit of it that I could see in the rearview mirror, but her dark skin blended in with the shadows, and all that stood out was the hard glint of her eyes. Wind? Are you serious? Joe stared out of the window, as if willing a ghost car to materialize and explain itself. All the kids called him Antelope Joe, because his neck was so long and thin, and his eyes were brown without any resilience against life's cruelties. He'd once confessed that he'd loved me, drunk, and I'd pretended not to understand him. If I felt guilty for bringing Audrina into this, I felt almost as guilty about Joe. The car zoomed down the freeway. Soon, we would leave town altogether, entering the long, meandering road through the woods. We should stop, Joe said. If we leave town, we won't be able to call for help. In response, Issa put her foot down again. I'm telling you, it was the wind. Audrina turned towards me on the back seat and whispered, Do you think it was the wind? I don't know. But I thought I did. My hand found hers in the darkness. Michael had arrived on the junkyard in his battered black Camaro, faster than we had anticipated. I should have remembered he always drove too fast. We hadn't had time to set everything up, and we were caught mid-action. Duct tape dangled from my hand, Isop had her arms full of firewood, and Joe was arranging a makeshift bed out of car doors. Audrina sat on the hood of a Dodge Skeleton, everything gone except the frame, and hummed a tune. Michael hadn't liked Audrina much. He said that the way her mouth always hung open made her look like an idiot. I had never gone against him. I remember that was one of the things that bothered me most about the whole night. We were almost at the woods now. The orange from the streetlights hung in the car like an afterimage that would be swallowed by darkness any second. And then the music stopped. 
One moment, Marilyn Manson was blasting. The next, there was silence. Isup checked the radio. Is this the wind, too? Huh? Joe's voice was high and panicked. Audrina's hand squeezed mine. He's right, Is. I leaned in between the seats. You have to pull over. The radio came on very briefly. There was a faint panting sound, then high-pitched laughter that was cut off abruptly. Silence. It's him, Joe yelled, his hand shot to the door handle. Isup locked the doors. Don't be ridiculous. Izzy, pull over. I did my best to keep my own voice under control. Shut up, Chloe. Do it. No, she said grimly. The car shot between the first trees and her teeth glinted in the sudden dark. Okay, everybody stay calm, Joe said. Just then, something shoved into the car again. This time, it was hard enough to make a swerve off the road. Isop frantically turned the steering wheel and almost hit a tree. Laughter flickered over the radio. Audrina sobbed next to me. I put my arms around her. Finally, Isop slowed down. It is him, she said, in an almost dreamy voice. Busted! Michael had said when he saw us. His thin blonde hair was pulled back into a ponytail, and he wore black as usual. When he smiled, I could see all his teeth. What am I looking at here? He said. Why did you bring the idiot? This last part was directed at me. Michael looked over to Audrina, who was still humming, her fingers drawing symbols on the Dodge's hood. I clenched my jaw. My heart fluttered in my chest like a butterfly. The kids held bonfires here every Saturday. No one would find out for a very long time. Isup stopped the car. We sat in total darkness. My phone started ringing. Mike, the display read. Joe turned around and saw my phone screen. I'm sorry, he yelled. I didn't mean to do it. Frantically, he tried to open the door. Don't be stupid, Isup warned him. Unlock it! Unlock it! Joe pounded the windows. My phone stopped ringing, then immediately started again. Fine, Isip unlocked the doors, and Joe stumbled out of the car. Before he vanished, he shot me one last look. I'm sorry, that look said. The phone buzzed in my hand. I couldn't seem to let it go. Finally, it stopped ringing. The silence only lasted seconds before we heard a blood-curdling scream. Joe. Isip and I looked at each other. She had the face of a stranger. Slowly, she shut Joe's door behind him. You get out, too, she said. Both of you. No, I said. Please, don't do this. Isup pulled her hunting knife from her boot. He's calling you, she yelled. I'm safe. I only helped. Is go away. Her eyes were wide and wild. She made a stabbing motion with the knife, and Audrina screamed. Open the door, I yelled at Audrina. My sister obeyed frantic and rolled out onto the road. I dove after her, dropping my phone. The car door slammed shut behind me. Just as I covered Audrina's body with my own, I could hear the radio come on again. Michael had kicked against the pile of car doors with his foot. This is amateur hour, he said. And to me, why bring them if they can't do it right? I had shrugged. My heart kept beating faster as he ordered us to tie him down with the duct tape and pile the wood around him. I had not thought he'd go through with it. Every day for the last three years, I'd wished to be free of him, but not this way. This was crazy. I tried to talk him out of it one last time. I straight up begged him. Isup laughed, tossing the butt of her cigarette on the ground. Are you scared? She asked. Are you a scared little girl, Clover? Leave her alone, Joe said. She doesn't have to do it if she doesn't want to. But there is no conviction behind the words. In a way... 
he'd known as much as I had that, yes, I did have to do it. We all had to do what Michael said. Always. Michael made me repeat the incantation one last time. Isop poured gasoline on the wood around his head. The two of them exchanged a glance. I had always thought she had a thing for him. She could have had him if she wanted, I thought. She would have been more than welcome. But now it's too late. We'd burn him, and I'd say the words that would make him live forever, or so he claimed. His Camaro would be parked over his ashes. Local kid gone missing, bonfire gone wrong, no one would know. I cried all the way through the incantation. Across from me, Audrina stared over the flames into my eyes the whole time, giving me the strength to go on. The car moved behind us. I tried to crawl away and shield my sister, thinking that Isop would run us over. But she wasn't the one moving the car. When I turned around, I saw it rock as if a giant hand was shaking it. Inside the car, Isop screamed, desperately tugging at the wheel. It made no difference. The car reversed a bit, then picked up speed. Audrina and I held our breaths. No, I heard my sister whisper next to me. I got up and took a few steps, but the car was already going too fast. Right before our eyes, it crashed into a tree. Total silence followed. Audrina got up too, and walked over to me in the dark. Is she dead? she asked in a small voice. I think so. Tears were streaming down my face. We stood in the dark for a while. Audrina held my hand. Something lit up against the road. It was the screen of my phone. This time, I had a text. Please, please don't look, Audrina begged. She tugged on my hand. Please, let's just leave. But I moved over to the phone, as if in a dream, and slowly picked it up. Text message read, You've been faithful, Chloe. Well done. I stared at the screen. What does it say? Audrina asked in the distance. With trembling fingers, I typed a response. Why did you kill them? The answer came immediately. All I need is you. They knew too much. And you don't need friends. You'll have me forever now, Chloe. I shut my eyes against the dark. Please, leave me alone, I typed. This time, it took Michael longer to respond. Is that really what you want? Are you sure? My hands shook so badly, I almost dropped the phone. Yes, was all I typed. I did not wait to see if there would be any more texts. Instead, I put my phone away and grabbed Audrina's hand. We could walk back, or hitch a ride. We could wait in the Red Wing Diner for Mom to finish her shift. I tried to drag Audrina in the direction of town. She did not move. Audrina? She giggled. Audrina, come on. You're freaking me out. I couldn't see her face in the dark. Her cold hand slid from mine. I have to go now, Chloe, Michael's voice said. Goodbye.